Hey, welcome to the Product Leadership Podcast from Lighthouse London, where we talk about how to validate, launch and maintain successful digital products with product owners, innovators, digital experts and founders. Lighthouse London are a digital design and product development team who spent the last 10 years helping people conceive, build and steer digital products. You can find out more about us and more podcast episodes at wearelighthouse.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, as you can probably hear, you've got a different host this week, uh, or this edition of the podcast. It's uh, Alice, I head up marketing here, and I've um, stepped in to talk to Russ, who is Woo! our... Woo! Hey, that's the crowd clapping for our new host. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I thought it was for Russ. Anyway, Russ is our design director, head of design. What do you call yeah. yourself, Russ? Uh, it doesn't matter as long as you in, your inflection goes higher and higher as you say the title. Um, <laughs> that, that's how you know you want me. I, I go by design director now. Very or, or, fancy. Or design director? It's the official term. <laughs> Very fancy stuff. Um, yeah, so Russ is our design boss. Um, he's been on the podcast a bit before and he's chatted about side projects before as well. Um, back in 2015, he loves them, does loads Blimey. of them. Yeah, <laughs> not, I'm not spinning any of those plates anymore, which is probably good for my mental health. Uh, lots of new ones to spin though. Um, we'll chat about one today, which uh, is a plugin which uh, Russ has created for some of the design software we use. Um, so, do you want to quickly run us through what you've made, what it I, does? I will. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, we're talking about Spacer, which is our um, recent Sketch plugin. Um, it is essentially a tool that helps designers manage the spacing in their UI work. Uh, I'm going to make a point of not getting too techy about this today because I could talk in depth about this topic, but I think 99% of people will not care. Um, so I think that's about as uh, that's about as, as loose an overview I'll give. It helps you manage spacing and in, in user interface design. Nice. Uh, I mean, obviously, a podcast where we just tell you we've made something would be pretty dull. Um, so I thought we would chat about some of the lessons we've learned with Spacer, um, talk about the steps around bringing a kind of micro product to market, um, obviously without without a budget um, and getting people using it. Um, so I suppose the first question would be, how do you start out testing whether people want something like this? Yeah, so um, so I guess the, the thing to note here is this is one of the cases of us um, scratching our own itch. Um, so we have like a, an issue in UI design for something that bugs us, something we think could be improved. Um, and we tend to try and build something to help ourselves with that and then go looking elsewhere to see if it interests anyone else. Um, the very first time I showed uh, some progress on, on Spaces to the public was um, I essentially faked that I had uh, built the plugin and when actually I was doing some clever things with symbols and video editing. Um, and I posted that into a few Slack channels um, for some design communities just to see if people were interested and like shared the problem. That that was going to be my first question, you know, is is there any way to make an MVP with a plugin? And, and um, there, there sort of is. It's a bit of a Wizard of Oz, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think the point I'm the point I was trying to prove was that were this automated, it would be great. So I can just show someone what it would look like if it was if it were automated. Um, and if people are interested in that, then I know I should probably go and build it. Um, so, yeah, I think I think, you know, 
it's a, it's a bit blunt, but like lying to people will help you in the early stages. Um, and as long as none of those people later on listen to a podcast where you admit that you lied to them, I think you're oh, sort no. of getting away with it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know who I will and won't share this podcast with. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Like, I suppose our next question was, um, did you learn anything you, you didn't really expect from that? Was it, was it quite straightforward or, or, or were your findings quite interesting? Um, I was... I was intrigued to see how many other people shared that problem and didn't have a solution that they recommended me to. You know, whenever you go looking for um, for people who share the same issue as you, you often find someone who's like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, we do it this way and it's not really an issue for us. But I wasn't hearing that a lot, which is, you know, it was a good thing for me. Um, although, truthfully, if someone had given me a better solution that I didn't have to build myself, I'd have probably latched onto that. We wouldn't be here now. Um so yeah, so so that was definitely definitely one of the things is is um, finding that people who haven't actually yeah you might be the first person to to solve that issue, um, and the other thing is the stuff you don't expect to hear. So um, this is a sketch plugin in particular because that's the UI software that we were predominantly using at the time, um, and lots of the designers I was speaking to were saying, oh this thing is great. Uh, have you got a Figma version? Are you going to build a Figma version? Um, and I had I had developers reaching out and saying, oh, I could port this for you. Um, you know, if you wanted me to, and, and you know, things I hadn't even considered yet because they're ten steps down the line. Um, you know, you're sort of gauging interest and, and seeing maybe where this thing will go. Um, so yeah, that that definitely is something that I, I sort of wasn't banking on on seeing so early on. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So you you started getting ideas for a lot further down the line um, um, from your kind of initial initial thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like marketing is my big interest. So. I'm always interested in in how people market products and and getting a bit of exposure without without having a, a big marketing spend behind it. How how mm. did you approach that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we're lucky enough to have you in house, which means I can I can um, get your expertise on on this kind of thing. Um, before you got involved with that, uh, I think the only I'm trying to think what other publicity. Before you got involved with that, the only um, bit of uh, marketing I did was to send out just a simple email campaign. Um, and that was to a, a sort of list of designers that we already um, have access to. Um, and essentially saying we've just released this plugin and seeing if anyone would, would go ahead and pay for it. Um, and that got some response, not great. Um, and that's a little bit demoralizing, but the most important thing that came out of that is that like people went in and, and paid for it. And, you know, that's that first indication that, you know, you're onto a winner here. Um, you know, it's all well and good people saying, oh, this looks really cool. I'd love to use it. But until they've actually, you know, put in their credit card details and, and made the order, um, you don't really know if, if, you know, the, the value proposition is right and, and you've got the price right. So, um and then after that point um was when uh you suggested quite rightly uh that you come on board and help out with some of the more active marketing outside of email campaigns um and took to the socials right maybe maybe you want to tell us about what your what your first steps were there yeah i mean i was thinking as well about um getting it listed on product hunt and um things like that which which seemed to be quite helpful but um it's surprising how much traction making a Twitter account for, for a plugin like this can make. Mm. And um, essentially sort of, uh, you know, looking around the hashtags to do a sketch. And I mean, designers are by and large tweeters, you know, we're, yeah. we're, 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 we're tweeters. And um, 
you know, seeing seeing how people were were trying to solve these problems and just you know trying to chat to people, um, mm. and 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 you know say, is this something you want? Do you want to you know this this looks good, doesn't it? Hey, mm-hmm. sketch. Um, I think we were we were very lucky to be in um sketches ten years of sketch newsletter as yeah. one of the fe- featured plugins, which um I think is something that came off the back of just a bit of a bit of hashtag usage. So I think I I wouldn't overlook being able to get that that initial traction and and get people spending their money from from something as simple as just you know just (laughs) retweeting everything that sketch does and you know and seeing seeing who's who's really into into their plugins yeah i mean you got you got us a huge win for um for getting us into that newsletter because that's like the most exposure we'd had up until that point by far so so is that process quite manual then like are, are you are you um just sort of sitting down and thinking about what kinds of accounts that you're going to be be targeting or, or you know people who follow this account are people that I will will tweet at how, how does that process come together yeah I mean there probably are a lot of ways to automate this kind of stuff but I feel that it becomes a bit impersonal then um mm. you know there are probably ways that you can kind of um scour various hashtags and it, it feels a bit robotic but yeah you know it's about making a bit of a connection with 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 these people who who would be users you know looking at um various accounts uh you know kind of sketch fan accounts you know places where people can show off what they're making what they're working on um and just kind of you know crashing people's conversations if anything <laughs> <laughs> barging in as a plug-in i was just gonna say you're you're absolutely right um that there is a massive difference between when like a brand turns up and you can tell that it's robotic like you don't that almost seems like an intrusion but when someone's actually sort of responding to a conversation you're having it's such a different um experience for that person yeah i mean i i i'm quite skeptical about social media automations because i've just seen too many uh, things that have missed the mark you know i think anything anything related to your your interaction with with the public or people you would like to be users or um people aren't stupid they know when a conversation isn't natural and i mm. think a, a brand trying to trying to barge in with something that's a bit copy and paste um feels cringy um <laughs> i say like something i'm really curious about with this and that that is probably quite interesting to our audience is um what's good what what's good about making plugins why what's good about solving our own problems you know what would other agencies get from doing something mm. like this or or any any businesses listening thinking hey i want to i want to make a, a a bit of tech that solves a problem yeah i mean i think um it's probably the easiest uh thing to validate to the person who's going to sign off on the cost of it um you know if if you're saying quite clearly um this will allow us to work faster and work better in the same way that you might pitch uh, oh there's a there's a you know external product or something else you know some other service that i found that I want to use and here's how it's going to help me in my job that's quite an easy sell um to you know a line manager or something um to get budget signed off but um the difference being here is that like you you own that thing um so if you can then shift um you know what you're using internally to what other people might take interest in it um you know there's so much more potential there like there's there's so much more to be gained um by building something yourself um also like very important to say you also have way more of the risk 
um, because you may need, you then need to maintain that thing yourself. You know, no one's going to do that for you for free forever. Um, and you know, the product will have to change and shift if you want to, um, you know, grow it and get more people buying it. And it may become something that actually <laughs> doesn't solve your initial problem that well anymore. Um, that's something that's, you know, I've seen quite early on now is that the kinds of requests I'm getting for changes people would like to see with Spacer aren't really that in line with what you would call your product vision for it. So you do diminish control of it a bit when it goes from um, something we just use internally to something that we built internally and now we sell um, to our to our peers. Hey, it's Alice from Lighthouse here. We really enjoy working with companies who are disrupting their industries. Our idea to launch process helps them bring new ideas to market quickly and efficiently. We bring a ready-built expert team and proven frameworks that help take ideas from concept through to MVP and beyond. If you want to get disruptive with us, find out more at wearelighthouse.com forward slash idea. What kinds of requests are you, are you getting for it? So, um, so where these come from is maybe an important thing as well. So um, after about a week or so of, of um, releasing the plugin, I put together a really quick like, public roadmap um, because I wanted to show, um, you know, I've got all these great ideas that, you know, would be difficult to build or fun to build or just some direction that the product might go in. But there's no place to um like share those right you don't like send someone the product they've just bought and then send them 10 ideas for things you might do in the future but if if you give them a link um you know with the next update and say hey by the way um have a look at our roadmap and get in touch if there's anything that interests you it's like a really quick way of getting people thinking about what else they might want to um do with your tool um so on the back of that um you you find that you get your sort of like enthusiastic early adopters who see something on your roadmap and they're like oh that is absolutely great or, or, or have you thought about doing this um, as a feature? Um, and that, you know, suddenly I'm getting like inspired about my product from other people who are, who are using it it's kind of for free. Um, so that's that's really powerful. Um, e even as a sort of side note, um, some people misinterpret what you've written on your roadmap um, and they contextualize it and what they think you mean by that, uh, which is another like fun way of getting of getting people's ideas about something that that, you know, you sort of, um you don't really expect to get cool that definitely makes sense um i mean do you like can you i don't really know where i'm going with this but um <laughs> <laughs> is, is is opening that is is opening that roadmap map up to the public kind of always a good thing obviously these people are your your users but um it's you know say we were building an internal tool mm. um it, can you i mean are there any sort of downsides to to that that degree of transparency does it become a bit a bit of a kind of who shouts loudest game yeah i yeah i know i know what you mean personally um i've always seen that the earlier you can share something whether it exists or not um you are more likely to collect something really valuable from people who see it um there is there are arguments to be made about um you know people building products in competitive spaces where it's do or die um, you know, product A versus product B. And if they knew what we had on our roadmap next, you know, they'd try and pip us to the post, that kind of thing. So there's definitely use cases where you just keep hush about things. But, um, but you know, do you need to keep absolutely everything that you're about to build completely secret? Probably not. Like it's probably one feature in 10 that actually, you know, you, you want to keep on the sly. 
Um, but the rest of it, like it's valuable to show people that we have a plan to improve this thing. So you're not just buying what we've built up until now, but you know, you're also purchasing like what we plan to do over the next year. Um, and I think that, you know, that gives people confidence in what you're doing. For sure. Definitely. It, it shows that there's going to be a progression of, of the product and that mm. people can contribute to that. Yeah. Um, definitely makes sense. It, even, you know, it's probably worth saying, and it's, I guess it's specific to the area of product we're building in, but um, you know, open source um, plugins for software like this, like often die after a few updates of that UI software, like something that goes incompatible, the developer hasn't made a lot of money off of it or has made nothing off of it and has no motivation to, to build anything more. So just showing people that you're not, you know, your plan isn't to just disappear like everyone else. Um, you know, it shows you, you believe in yourself a little bit more. That would be super frustrating as well for some some a plugin that you use to just die. So we 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 constantly find it, and that's one of the reasons that um you know we worked on Spacer in particular was that we used to use this really nippy um sketch plugin that did sort of half of the clever things we wanted to do, um and that became um outdated, really sluggish with new sketch versions, basically unusable. Um, so it was one of the reasons that got us to you know to actually act on this ourselves. Um, was that we had a new need for it because it just the, you know the existing solution would run dry. And I think that's quite common, isn't it? In terms of you know people building their own solutions, it tends to be because they they've had some kind of workaround that's that's become less workable. I mean, yeah. it's, I'd say it's probably quite unusual for someone to just wake up one day and say, "Hey, I want to." completely solve my own problem like we do tend to all go out you know looking looking for something first don't we um yeah. i guess I'd, I'd quite like to move on to now um you know how how building uh, something like this has sort of informed um what you do every day if there's any way in, in which it's kind of informed your, your day job or or sort of you know for, for for good or bad um made you made you look at, at the rest of what we do mm. yeah i think um I think one of the nice reminders to have is that when someone tells you that they really enjoy using something you've made, that's a real motivational boost for you to to work on the things that you do. Um, and sometimes we're a bit distant from that. And sometimes there isn't an avenue to that. You know, we're an agency, so we work through um, product teams and their own management. And sometimes that stuff is lost. Um, so it's kind of a reminder in your process to to find ways to collect feedback, you know, we're often looking for critical feedback to help us improve, but um, being able to share the, uh, you know, some of the compliments that come through as well is something that I'm, I'm definitely reminded um, to, to bring into our projects. Um, and, you know, and, and taking a bit of a risk as well. Um, you know, there was, there was no, by no means um, any certainty that by releasing this, like we would make our, you know, small investment back. Um, but we learned something along the way anyway. And, you know, we've, you know, I've embarked on enough of these small projects where they don't end up going anywhere and, you know, um, and that's fine. So, um, so yeah, I think it's always just worth taking that, taking that little bit of a risk for a while. Hey, it's Alice from Lighthouse here. Have you got a product that has users, revenue and traction, but is let down by its looks? Our product makeover breathes new life into digital products that are in need of some UX and UI expertise. Talk to us about how our user-focused approach can turn your product around and take it from good to great. Find out more at wearelighthouse.com forward slash makeover. I mean, in terms of, of what we, we usually do all day, how, how does it differ when you're you're making something 
um, for yourself rather than for a client project, other than, you know, having to sort of do it somewhat in your spare time, I suppose. So I guess one of the things that's that's helpful is um, not having a big feedback loop to go through. Um, so when you're working with stakeholders um, who, you know, you need to organize time to meet with, you need to balance and gather their feedback and work on next versions, when you've cut out a lot of that stuff so that you could just do something quickly, um you know you, you work a lot faster and and you know things get things get done a lot quicker um and you're also a bit more relaxed about your output you know like you know things can get really caught up on um you know brand and identity and you know and and what does this thing to say to people but if you're just doing a small experiment and you're not trying to, or you don't have a, a you know, stakeholder that's that's giving feedback you can do a 10 minute logo and we did do a 10 minute logo and that's okay uh, and yeah, that could last as, as long as it does. So yeah, you do have a bit more freedom to 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 not um, not get so indebted and and uh, and cautious with your work, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's always good to have that that bit of space to experiment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, would do you, I mean, obviously we're we're a bit biased, but do we do you think that people listening, other agencies? do you do you recommend these these little experiments or, or to to build your own tools and you know play play around with things like this yeah I, I mean you know it's it's the culture of the hack day right um you know large companies try and do this as well where it's just down tools and and, and build something that you know we're not trying to you know create a, a spin-off business out of um you know and reduce the pressure a little bit um so yeah you know i think that's facilitated in places and it, and that kind of work easily falls by the wayside when you're busy um so yeah i mean you know those agencies that don't absolutely should because there's there's no doubt that in every agency there's someone sat there going oh this process i have to go go through every time is such a pain in the bum takes me a lot of time um and i wish i wish there was you know this solution that could, that could deal with it so um so yeah as you know the other side of that is that i'm in a slightly easier position um in that i can uh, I'm closer to making the decisions on whether we invest in this kind of thing. Um, but having a space so that your team uh, members and you know people who who uh, work in your team are able to suggest like, oh, it'd be really interesting if we built something like this, um, will encourage that kind of innovation to friend buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, you made I mean, it this long without saying innovation. Innovation, innovation, innovation. <laughs> 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 gotta gotta get enough keywords in. Yeah, oh. I mean that 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 was the next thing I, I was gonna ask really. Like what what would be, you know, kind of fairly, fairly sort of succinctly, what would a kind of framework for finding out a bit about this type of problem? Um, you know, finding out what, what your design team are up against or what, you know, what you could make that would make people make people's lives a bit easier how, yeah. how did you go about sort of gathering that information um so agencies are very used to um you know hosting retrospectives around the projects that they've just completed um and learning from them so you know what went well what we should continue with what we should never do again um so taking an example like that and turning it more towards you know looking inwards like us as as designers and developers and you know, people in marketing and sales, um, what's bothering us in our day-to-day -day work? Like where are our tools letting us down? Where are our processes, you know, holding us back and, and just using kind of an open space to, to work out some of those um, those issues can just tell you so much about what you could improve um, in your company. Um, that may not be a tool that you need to build. It may be, you know, um, uh, discovering a new service or, or you know, changing some some um, something in your workflow, something like that. 
but the output <laughs> you know improving someone's day-to-day -day work and that's hugely beneficial absolutely and then the 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 kind of fringe benefit is that you can then roll it out to other people and it's of value to them and exactly. makes a makes a little bit of pocket money as well exactly exactly yeah i've you know i've had two bags of pick and mix on the back of spaces so far and i'm loving it <laughs> i mean that's that's all the riches anyone could ask for really yeah. um I suppose we're probably about ready to wrap it up, but I mean, is there anything else you think that, that really stands out about, about how, how things have gone for you or anything that, that didn't really go as expected or that you've, you've sort of learned? I think um, the message from us here is that um, there's always room to look at your processes and find something to improve on. Um, and, you know, that's, that's as low risk as you want it to be. Um, and there's always something helpful that comes out of the end of it. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely take that on if you're not already practicing that. Nice. Uh, I suppose the the final thing is where where do we get Spacer from? If we want to give a nice little <laughs> gift to the designers in our lives or solve our own problems, where should we go looking for this? Great question, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually was going to say like just Google Spacer plugin, so we don't have to read out a domain. But you really don't find um, Spacer plugin through Google's. Um, so you can take a look at our Gumroad page, uh, which you can find at gum.co slash spacer. Um, and we have a discount code running at the moment. Um, if you type in the keyword. Yeah, podcast 20. Okay. Um, and if you uh, check out before the end of the year using discount code podcast 20, you will get 20% off because you're our best friends. Nice. Good stuff. Nice speaking to you, Russ. Hopefully we will be allowed back on the podcast if listener numbers uh, tally up with Tom's performance. This is a takeover, Alice. What are you talking about? <laughs> they're they're going to be asking us now. if they're allowed back on. <laughs> it's all ours now. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> it was stuff. great to talk to you. Thank you, Alice. Cheers, Russ. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want more product leadership content, then head over to the Lighthouse site, wearelighthouse.com, for more podcasts and blogs. To find out more about our product leadership framework, check out wearelighthouse.com forward slash PLF. Find us on Twitter using at wearelighthouse. And if you've enjoyed the show, then we'd love a rating in iTunes to help spread the word. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to see the archive and get any future shows. Until next time, we'll see you then.